Welcome to the Voices in Recovery podcast. Voices in Recovery is produced by Freedom's Path Recovery Society, a registered Canadian charity. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider a donation at www.freedomspathrecoverysociety.ca. All donations go directly to assisting Freedom's Path in providing services free of charge and helps us keep the podcast going. We are grateful for any and all donations. This podcast discusses difficult topics such as childhood abuse, drug and alcohol use, sexuality, sexualized trauma, and more. If you are under the age of 18, please speak with your legal guardian prior to listening. The opinions expressed during the podcast are those of the individual and not those of Voices in Recovery or Freedom's Path Recovery Society. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. This podcast is being recorded on the traditional land of the Blackfoot Confederacy. This consists of the Kainai, Pekani, Siksika, and the Blackfeet in the U.S. We acknowledge the Stony Nakoda, which consists of the Bearspaw, Morley, and Chinookie. We acknowledge the Satuna, who are Dene, and the Métis, Inuit, status and non-status from all of Turtle Island, and those who are visiting. We are all treaty people. Is this, okay, this is on, we're good? We're good to go. We're okay. live. Okay, don't say anything shady, man. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Shady. Shady is what I do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. For the most part, that's what we do around here is shade. We throw shade on shit. That's right. <laughs> so Vince, welcome, buddy. Um, welcome. Thank you for agreeing to do this on such short notice today. And take it away, man. Tell us your story. How'd oh, you boy. end up here? Uh, I mean, besides I gave you the address. I, <laughs> How'd you end up here? Um, just uh, trying to trying to cope with uh, life's um, damages. Mm. Um, let me take some of this water. Yeah, just um, a lot of childhood trauma, um, and as. As I was young, you know, the story goes, you know, we used them as coping mechanisms and it was fun to experiment and go down that route and, uh, and it just become like, it was consuming me. It was mm -hmm. like, uh, yeah, just not fun anymore. Um, how old were you when you kind of got, got started, uh, probably, in the dark stuff? I know I was drinking at least at 14. Mm. Um, yeah, Bacardi Lyman, that was our jam. <laughs> you <laughs> actually, even remember the drink, eh? Uh, actually, I remember the first time, um, my first time, I might have been a little younger then. Um, I was living out in, uh, in Crossfield, mm. and, and uh, one of my buddies had... Uh, had got some beer or whatever, and I left, and we got drunk, and then I came home, and I remember it. I, I still had, like, you remember those Georgetown pullovers? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, it was brand new. I just got it for Christmas, <laughs> and I spilled alcohol on it. So, oh, no. So I, like, run right downstairs, throw it into my throw it into uh, the closet and I ran to the to the washroom and started brushing my teeth and my mom came down and what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> and uh <laughs> yeah so I guess that was that was the opening 
opening stages. Nice introduction. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I guess, yeah, it was just, you know, just to be sociable and like cool and, you know, being a rebel and, you know, um, I don't really know where to go with that. Um, what was your like teenage life like, man? What was that like? Okay, Are you from so, Calgary? So my yeah, born yeah. and raised here in Calgary. Um, my parents split when I was probably like eight or nine, and mm -hmm. you know, me and my brother, we both had the decision. Uh, we were able to have the option to either stay with whoever we wanted, and I chose my dad because I like the city and. You know, it's just, that's how that went. So anyways, um, moving around place to place. Like I swear to God, I've lived almost in every quadrant. Oh no, every quadrant of the city. Mm. We moved around a lot. And then um, <clears throat> my dad, I, I believe, filed for bankruptcy. And um, we moved to Ogden. Um, and when we first got there, we were in Cal Homes and we had to move in with my uncle. And my uncle had like three or four kids running around. And then it was me and my brother and things like that for a bit. My brother came to stay with us. And uh, yeah, so it was just very chaotic. Mm -hmm. Go, go, go. And then we got our, got our own spot in Cal Homes. Uh, just across from the Legion, we call them the chicken coops there. Mm. Just down, actually down the hill from Glenmore Inn. Okay. Right? Yeah. So that's where I was raised. I still remember the address. <laughs> 7611 27th Street Southeast. Mm. <laughs> Why did you guys call them chicken coops? Because I know there's other places I've been which were called the same, and I don't yeah. remember why. Uh, just like it, it, like cookie cutting housing, you mm. know what I mean? Just uh, and they're all small places, right? And yeah, just like little projects, together. right? Crammed yeah. together. Okay. And uh, yeah, it, it, like we heard it and just probably ran with it, right? Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense, actually. Yeah. <laughs> totally, dude. What's on your socks? Oh, that's <laughs> Ryu socks. Ryu. Yeah. That's who that is, man. I knew yeah. it was one of those uh, Street Fighter, right? Yeah, I was right. <laughs> I was right into uh, fighting games. Actually, Mortal Kombat One was released. Finish him. And uh, <laughs> we, yeah, we used to go over to the Max up by the Safeway there, in Ogden, on lunchtime, and grab some little Caesars and play Mortal Kombat. That was my jam. <laughs> right on. Sorry, I didn't mean to distract you. No worries. <laughs> Nah, I like video games, which reminds me, yeah, Rec Room coming up. Mm. That should be fun, but about that. Anyways, now we can go about other stuff It's for okay. Now. Yeah, we can yeah. go back and forth, man. All right, Yeah, what's forth. the Rec Room? Tell us about it. The Rec Room, it's an arcade uh, restaurant bar in uh, the Northeast at Deerfoot City. Um, I got a show coming up for September 9th. I'll be opening up for... Snack the Ripper from Stomp Down Killers. Um, this is, uh, yeah, it's a big one for me, that's for sure. Um, really excited. Tell us and, about your music, man. What's that about? Um, well, I've been rapping since, like, I was 14. Um, I'd always, like, I, I'd steal my dad's cassettes and tape over them. And, um, and uh, I'd, like, rap their verses 
And then after a while, um, like my dad, he, he, he tried to break the, you know, well, he did break the cycle of abuse mm -hmm. to a point, like physical abuse anyways, mm -hmm. you know, so he never laid hands on me. You know, he gave me that look and I was like, no, thank you. Mm -hmm. Good enough. <laughs> and uh, so he grounded me a lot. Yeah. So I had a lot of time to myself, right? Um, you know, hanging pictures on my wall, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, drawing, reading, writing, rapping. Um, I'd like memorize their verses and I could get right into it. Like, um, and I used to draw, well, I still do draw and graffiti and stuff I don't bomb anymore or anything like that but my uh my tag name was Casper and then uh, a few years later uh the movie Kids came out I don't okay. know if you remember that one I do and uh for some reason everybody wanted to be called Casper after that all the white boys <laughs> were called Casper I was like why would you want to why <laughs> right like this is me <laughs> that's supposed to be me bro <laughs> And uh, so I spelt it with a Z after that, and um, I had it tatted on my chest. I stole uh, stole ink from the art room, and some uh, you know went and picked up some clean needles or whatever, and just poked my chest. And uh, yeah, got a little one over here. <laughs> Those were my first tattoos. Um, oh, do it yourselves. Yeah, do nice. it yourselves. And ballsy. Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, and then yeah, I changed it to a Z to kind of like stand out, I guess. Mm. And like yeah, I was throwing up all all over Ogden, Linwood, Riverbend, uh, the the C train stations, Chinook, all that. And you know, it wasn't really my thing to like go out and vandalize stuff. Mm. I was like, I was more into drawing because. When I was younger, um, they tapped into my talents. My father actually told, mm -hmm. taught me how to draw when I was mad young, kind of like uh, freehanding, right? So he'd draw something, show it to me, and then he said, do it. Mm -hmm. So, all right. Um, a few years later, um, I remember uh, coming home one day after school and I opened up the door and like at the place that we were in, you could open up the door and then straight down the hall was the living room on the other side of the house, mm -hmm. right? And I opened up that door and I saw four white comic book boxes. It was like my jaw dropped. I was just super stoked and uh, ran over there and they, they winded up buying a collection from, from somebody at Crossroads. Mm so like got it like wholesale or whatever and yeah like the issues in there like i look at today i'm like had it had it had mm. it had it years later while i was living in ogden right some some of them would get lost and through the mix and things like that and um they're back to ogden um there was a christmas party for smed so at that time, one of my close friends and his mom had to move in with us. So she had all of her stuff stashed on the other side of the basement. My father had made a room for one of his ex's children. Mm. 
right? So me and my homeboy, we, we shared a room upstairs. And then I winded up moving downstairs into that room when they split up or whatever. I'm kind of back and forth, but that's kind of how I work. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, Smed, Christmas party. Um, (laughs) This is a crazy story. Um, Excuse me. Uh, So they leave. My my dad and Diane both live or work together. So they went to the Christmas party together. Mm -hmm. And right away, me and my boy was like, Let's call everybody up, right? It was kind of like that Snoop Dogg video, right? When the kid, would, you know, like yeah. call everybody over. And uh, yeah, um, I was downstairs and chilling with my girl at the time and uh, had a candle lit. I was playing my tapes and stuff. I'd make mixtapes all the time and uh, had a candle lit. <laughs> go upstairs to make more phone calls and stuff. And uh, I'm sitting at the at the house phone, right? The landline, they call it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and all of a sudden, what is that? Oh man, that smells like smoke. I look back and I saw out the vent, smoke's coming up. Oh my gosh. So we turn around, uh, open up the basement door and whoo, Big old Jesus. fire, yeah. big old fire, yeah. And uh, so safe to say the party was over mm. um, before it even started. And uh, the the um, the firefighters came by and uh, they're dousing everything. And so they're checking up on me. Like, I guess, like, trying to see where my head was at or whatever. And for some reason, this one anyways um finds one of these comic books just by chance the story is about this little kid that is possessed and they had to kill the kid in order to for for better mankind or like to save them from you know this destruction and they're like oh do you think do you think that this is healthy for you this and that like trying to like dig in like i was like yo the firefighters yeah oh wow. or, no ems EMS. it would have been okay. ems right okay. and uh yeah just kind of like me 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 i was like well this is really all i got like <laughs> you know i don't watch tv all the time mm. me and my dad we watch movies all the time and that's interesting that they would even mention that though no right? it's like, like what does that even matter like yeah. i like am i it's like okay? saying hey i see you wear shoes Wow. <laughs> yeah. Are you sure you should be wearing shoes, man? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that happened. And, you know, out of, yeah, so safe to say I was back to getting grounded. And, uh, yeah, I felt, felt horrible because um, some of Diane's, like, family heirlooms got destroyed. Mm things got singed, right? And like, they were in such a bad spot already. You know what I mean? So I feel like I just like put the icing on the cake. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, but yeah, like other than that, like, I mean, my, my, my squad was really like, you know, just a bunch of misfits and, and, you know, like-minded people 
we wanted to have fun, you know, uh, you know, um, never mind our circumstances, we got us, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Um, yeah, grew up, and yeah, my dad wasn't around too much. He was uh, looking for love in all the wrong places or working. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've learned to, uh, you know, forgive, not forget, you know, um, accept him for who he is. You know, there's no manual to this, and realizing that he's just did what he knew best. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, there was a lot of a lot of weird things going on there because I felt like, uh, you know, I was always there and running around with him. And then, um, sorry, I guess I'll fast track to sure. a few years later. Um, he got remarried to this lady. And, uh, you know, I had bad feelings about it. I didn't like her attitude. I didn't like the way that I was getting treated. Mm -hmm. She was only a few years older than me. And, you know, I was like, who is this chick? Like, you know, I've been here through the hardships. I've been through the highs and lows and um you know why am I getting the back burner kind of thing um so she was very like verbally abusive you know would talk down on me oh why don't you just you know chill with the heads or you know blah 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 or mm -hmm. jailbirds and the badasses you know kind of like cursed me right out and then uh so I, I got sick of it because I used to always go like either to Chinook or downtown on Stephen Ave. And I remember my boy Chain Reaction, he'd go down there with a huge boombox and a microphone. And like, that's where I got my name with my music was just street performing and we'd cypher all the time. And, you know, some of, some of them street cats kind of just took a liking to me and, you know, they believed in me back then. And uh, so I was like, this is kind of where I feel accepted. Mm -hmm. um, so the drama at home winded up turning me to running away. I, I, I ran away for a couple weeks, came back home, and uh, she gave my father the ultimatum, either him or me kind of mm -hmm. thing. And um, yeah, I was uh, 16 years old you know, jumping, trying to, trying to just finish up school and stuff. Um, so she kicked my ass out. My dad said to me, I love you, but I'm trying to start a new life. And I'm like, what the? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, really, dude? <laughs> I had to sit around through all your trauma and all that jazz, and you can't, like, try to fix this problem? Like, didn't even ask, why'd you run away? You know what I mean? I thought it was... Yeah, whatever. Um, so that had a lot to do with the route that I took in life. Um, you know, uh, as I said, I was always downtown hanging out, whatever. And, uh, you know, somebody just said to me, hey, I see you. See you around. You're pretty, you seem pretty solid. You need some money. So, yeah, I needed money. And, uh, yeah, started slanging downtown over at Scary Circle, uh, the, which was back then in East Village. 
just like across from City Hall. I always found it so weird how that building is right there across the street to such hectic. You're talking about that old cul-de-sac that used to be there? Yeah. Before the library? St. Louis and all that stuff. Yeah. And like, I'll I'll tell you right now, like (laughs) the facelift that East Village has now, like I wouldn't even mind moving there. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's got life now. Mm -hmm. There was nothing but death down there. Like. You know, it was a um, mess. Yeah, like seeing pregnant girls get beat up. Mm. Like, I saw some rugged shit. Excuse my language. Um, I know, uh, <laughs> but I always had somebody looking out for me. All right, I was that youngin, and it was like, look out for that kid, right? So. From there, I always knew that something, something greater than me was always looking out for me in one way or another, no matter how dark it really was. Um, so I'm grateful for that. Um, <clears throat> so um, about two years pass. Two years out there. And um, yeah, I got pinched just before my 18th birthday. And thank God, because that was the difference between taking a few months in CYOC or five months in jail, right? So went and did that, went and did the few months, and then, you know, nobody wanted to accept me after I left or whatever. Fair enough. And uh, so I went to a group home, going back to school, Things like that. Um, I went to uh, Western at that time. No, not Western. Crescent Heights. Mm. So right over here? Yeah. Actually, right yeah, just down the street. Crazy. Um, I went to Enviro's. Mm. It's like uh, there's one side girls, one side guys. And um, yeah, they were really good to me. Um, the Enviro's program was, um, you know, they do, they do a lot of outdoor trips. Mm-hmm. Right, um, we did some hiking, camping, things like that. Um, the workers there were just a godsend, really cool people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I kind of felt like there was another string of hope, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the streets caught back up to me again. Um, it's like, shoot, I still need money. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not working. So anyways, I dabbled back and forth kind of thing. And um, yeah, um, enough was enough. I just, uh, yeah, oh no, is that the way it went? (laughs) It's a little foggy. (laughs) It was a while ago. I understand that. But um, I remember um, after getting out, Um, I had to leave, so I left, went out for a few years, um, I was probably around, you know, 21, yeah, yeah, I spent my 20, 21, I moved out to Canmore, Mm. and, um, got a job at the gas station, Uh, a friend of mine hooked me up, um, 
had a had a great birthday party there. My twenty first was awesome. They accepted me. They let me in, and um, but that's where that's definitely where things got a little more heavy. Now that I was totally on my own, I only had like a few new friends, and it's like big deal. I move around and catch new friends all the time. Um, yeah, that, that Canmore is a party every night. Mm -hmm. There's always something going on. And, uh, you know, um, I was lucky because, you know, Canmore doesn't really take kindly to outsiders Mm -hmm. or tourists, so to say. Um, which is kind of understandable to a degree. But I, I consider myself lucky because I was kicking it with all the cool kids at the mm-hmm. Shell Station, right? So I was, I was well accepted there, which was nice. Um, and I decided to finish my homeschooling there. So I winded up getting my grade 12. Um, so that was, that was a big deal for me because, mm-hmm. you know, Larissa kept on... Um, you know, talking down and all that, like, you ain't going to be shit, Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this, Mm -hmm. this one thing. (laughs) So I finished that up. Um, And uh, then I came came to town um, one Christmas or Boxing Day to do some shopping and catch up with people and things. And... uh, And, uh, yeah, my past caught up to me. Um, I was over at a train station just by the Crack Max, they call it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, eight by eight there? Yeah. Yeah, it's Circle K now, I think yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I just heard out, Casper! I was like, oh, fuck. Nobody calls me that. Especially in Calgary. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> so, <laughs> uh... I kind of like put my head down, kept walking, and then dude's just right behind me in the lineup. He was like, you know, we got to talk, right? <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay, let's talk. He's like, so, uh, you know, uh, yeah, there's been money on you, eh? I'm mm-hmm. like, well, shit, after I got locked up, I left. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, still got to make up for it somehow mm. and uh i started working a kiosk a kiosk in marlboro mall um and we did uh it was like a local hip-hop thing uh underdogs and our motto was refuse to lose mm. and it was really sweet because like a bunch of the kids from the community used to come by and you, you could catch new music there. You could catch our gear there, right? We we started doing our own merchandise and things like that. And we had a bunch of local event flyers, things like that. And I know what it's like to just want to go and hang out at the mall, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> so it was like, I felt like I was being, you know, a part mm-hmm. of something in the community. And uh, yeah, that turned... Turned out pretty nice, um, but I I told my guy, I showed up to work, <laughs> I 
I showed up to work, and I says to him, so uh, you like me here, right? I mean, you like me here, right? <laughs> okay, well, uh, I got some friends on their way tomorrow, and, uh, you know, you're going to have to empty that register and uh, possibly give them some gear or whatever, mm. you know? Um, I'm trying to wash my hands and clean clean myself of this past. And uh, I just told him literally, like, dude, I'll work, like, for five bucks a day. Mm. I don't care. I'll go to the DI to eat or mm. sleep or whatever. <laughs> so I was VIP in the uh. DIC for a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 um, but, yeah, just did what I had to do, you know. Good thing we those shook. services are there. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God. Like, I mean, I remember one, one, uh, one, one stampede and the rascals came and they were performing at Coca-Cola stage and red one said something along the lines, you know, this is one of the most blessed cities in our country. Mm-hmm. Like the resources, mm-hmm. um, you know, the homeless, uh, you know, the programs and things like that. And yeah, so true, so mm-hmm. true. Really blessed to have like went through what I've been through here. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think I, you know, would have like a totally different story in say like Winnipeg. Yeah. Right. Or Very Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, uh, seeing that we're on the topic of rascals, that brings me back to. Uh, you remember when tequila was Republic on 17th? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah right? the Republic bar, yeah. Right. Um, so me and the Ogden boys, we got some tickets to the Rascals show there. They're like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about your ID. Just, just we'll slide through. We'll figure it out. We're all going. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> so we rushed rush the spot, and uh, I remember, I think it was New Panella that opened up for them that night, uh, this little rap duo, and uh, they were doing like a little cypher or whatever, and they're like, any locals that got that fire, jump on stage, or whatever they said, and all my boys were like, you get the fuck up there, or we're kicking your ass. <laughs> So I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> Thanks a lot, guys. Right and at that, that night, um, I had a yellow contact in my eye. And it was starting to bug me out. I was just getting right dry. And uh, so anyways, I walk up to the stage and I saw my homeboy, uh, Mad Max, this tall Haitian guy. And he always remembers me from Stephen Av rapping mm. and stuff, right? He kind of took me under the wing when I was on the streets. Okay. You know, he, he showed me how to survive. You know, we were sleeping on top of that YMC or YWCA. Yep. Over by the chlorine vents in the winter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just cover up your face, you know. Get Mary Doberhouse s- there with the gym underneath. Yeah, yep. yeah. I guess recently somebody was burning stuff up there. but Yeah. Um, Anyways, so I jump up there, and it was around, that would have had to have been around 99, because everybody's all like, Y2K, mm-hmm. end of the world, this and that. And um, 
so I just started rapping that stuff that I was writing, mm-hmm. right? And, uh, well, no, when I started, when they handed me the mic, I was like, ah, just spitting like freestyle, just, it was a little lame, right? And I look over to my right and somebody's trying to grab the mic from me and I'm like, ah! So I like stumble over this way and I, uh, I just closed my eyes and I remembered that verse that I was rapping about, you know, 99 stuff. And I remember that, that moment, um, they all went from, uh, to, because <gasps> I had my eyes closed because my eye was hurting. I was like, just focus. Don't worry about what they're doing, what they're saying, the looks on their face. Just close your eyes and kill shit. And I remember opening my eyes and I saw like people's like jaw dropped and things like that. So I was like, you know, here's another sign. Maybe I should just continue doing this. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, like my art kept my heart moving. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the drawing, the painting and all that stuff. And but I think I think therapeutically rap helped me get through. Mm-hmm. All of that. Um, yeah, I, I look back at my stories. I'm like, man, this shit is like strictly for, like it's ready for movies. <laughs> mm-hmm. For sure. Man. Like some of that stuff I tell you, like I can't make it up. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it's uh, it's good to kind of have that underdog men- mentality, right? You get You get kicked down, get back up. Mm-hmm. How many? No matter how many times you get it, just just keep plugging at it, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I remember not too long ago, I was like, because I've done hundred shows, hundreds, thousands, probably actually, and like not really looking for a paycheck, not really looking for any of the money. Mm-hmm. Just like this is my therapy, like this is. This is my name. People know me in the underground. You know, before the internet, you had to earn your spot. Your views didn't mean nothing. Mm. It was the love that meant something. You know, the impact that you made on people. And um, I remember telling myself, I was like, okay, bro, you need to set a better standard for yourself. Mm can't just keep giving yourself away to people that are just trying to get their money and open up a slot or mm-hmm. or fill a slot whatever and yeah we we did a lot of crazy shows like uh stable like over at the point on 17th mm-hmm. that was live uh java sharks we used to do a lot um dub at the pub me and rose mm-hmm. would always MC over there in the bamboo room um, yeah, just like, I don't think a lot of these people have it like, like that, you know, they're used to being, you know, in their mama's room or whatever the case may be, you know, like I'm not knocking down anybody or their path or how they got into this, mm. <clears throat> but I, I dare you to step out because that's, that's where you actually realize who you are what you're capable of Mm -hmm. you know you ain't shit until you got booed you know what i mean like you can you can elevate from that 
you know what I mean? Or just realize that it's just not for everybody. And nowadays, it seems like it's for everybody. And I'm not really with all that, you know? I'll, I'll, I've been known to just like tell somebody straight up because I only talk from my heart, right? I don't, I don't fool around when it comes to that stuff. But it's like, I, I remember I've said some harsh things to some people, but it either made them or broke them. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, I hand it over, bro. Like, this just ain't me. That's fine. But again, keeping that fighting spirit is what it's really all about. You know what I mean? Not right. The whole motto thing, refuse to lose. If this is if this is your standpoint on life and this is you feel like you have something to offer, by all means keep keep working at it, keep mm -hmm. plugging at it. Like for sure. I don't I don't wish any any bad about anybody. It's uh it's just like I feel like nowadays more than ever, the game is just saturated. And, you know, people like me who have shed blood, sweat, and tears just to finally get opening slots, mm. you know, when somebody could easily make millions off of, you know, one of their TikToks overnight mm. or, you know. Um, it's fascinating how that's working Isn't out. it? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's cool. Blessings are around. It's like... What, what about the people that were really in the paint, mm -hmm. you know, who really have a love for the culture, you know, mm. who really have a message, you know? I remember, um, I think it was probably like around 9-7 when uh, hip-hop was very bling-blingy, you know? Mm. Um, it was a lot of the No Limit or Cash Money stuff, and, you know, it was like, Dude, I can't relate to having helicopters. Mm -hmm. Sorry, just I can't. Mm -hmm. And I yeah, like, most of us can't, <laughs> right? But I mean, like, I'm not hating on that because, like, yeah. it's it's talk of manifestation as well, mm -hmm. right? And like, what you are worthy of having, mm -hmm. kind of thing, right? Um, but it blinds a lot of people. Well, for sure, right? When you're only talking about your materialism mm -hmm. and you know. Um, or how bad you are, or, you know, um, if you don't have it like this, then you ain't shit, mm -hmm. you know, um, that's not the purpose of this culture. I think, I think this music is to uplift people or teach people like probably like a lot of different things. Cause it's right? an art form, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I feel like, uh, like, I, I learned a lot of, like, I was nearly kind of, in a way, parented by rap. Because mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I know that I have it rough, but it's always, there's always rougher. Uh -huh. You know, somebody else out there has it worse, right? And, and also, like, for example, like, with gangster rap, I was like, fuck, like, I know who I don't want to be. Mm -hmm. Right. If I had a choice, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, in a lot of the ways, um, 
that the music has kind of shaped and molded me into the person that I am. But I feel, sorry, just to jump back to this whole 9-7 thing, and then, yeah, it was very flooded with the commercialism. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then Wu-Tang Forever came back. And I was like, sweet, a breath of fresh air, you know, mm. something real, something talented, you know, cadence is back and, you know, believing in yourself, having knowledge of self. Um, I, I felt like that came in right at the perfect time. <clears throat> and I feel like the, you know, everything kind of repeats itself in one way, shape or form. And everything's kind of moving towards this kind of cycle of, or I feel like the filtration system needs to be put back in mm. one way or another. Like it's got to be, you know, or even the teachings of these things, you know, like bringing the culture back, I think is like, I think it's detrimental, mm. you know. Um, to, to do our best to, you know, break away from the, the tough guy or the, or the materialism, mm -hmm. you know, um, do you see the rap community? Do you see the rap, uh, community, I guess, do you see it changing in that way? Um, Calgary's Calgary's yeah, like yeah, hip hop sure. scene, whatever, you know, best, um, <clears throat> I see, I see a lot of the new cats and they're just influenced on what they grew up on. Mm -hmm. Um, the old heads, I guess you would say now, um, it's like Darcy and I, the old heads. No, you guys are old, old heads. <laughs> oh, we're old, old Double heads, OGs. dude. <laughs> Double OG. Darcy, um, right on. No, man. um, Calgary's, Calgary's really got a good community. Um, um, but I do, I do, I do see the cookie cutter stuff. Like everybody's mm. doing what other people are doing or, you know. Trying to just make it, right? Not so much originality, mm. you know. Um, everybody want to jump on an auto-tune, for example, right? I was going to ask you about the auto-tune thing. It's yeah. fascinating to me. I'm not musical at all. But for, for those folks, probably like yourself, who don't use auto-tune, what does that feel like when you listen to people who only use auto-tune? I feel like it's like nearly a genre in its own. Is it? Okay. Right? So it's become like its own entity it, kind of thing. It's almost becoming its own entity. Okay. And, um, you know, I don't knock it really either. You know, um, I, can't, I can't see myself using it mm -hmm. like that. Um, I've heard myself, I, I do also know the purpose of auto-tune, mm -hmm. right? Um, and yeah, it's just, you know, if you I think doing, it's fascinating. I, I think like, you know, if it's going to help out for the sake of the music, mm -hmm. by all means, but if it, if it's just getting redundant, like, it, ugh. It's getting tiring to me anyways. Well, it sounds pretty similar, right? Like yeah. regardless of who's doing it, it all sounds fairly similar. Fairly similar, yeah. right? So that's that's why I'm kind of feeling like, you know, it's it's almost 
building like its own entity. Mm -hmm. If that's all you're going to do, like T-Pain, amazing voice. He just so happens to use autotune. Mm -hmm. That's that's his jam, right? That's your niche. Go mm -hmm. ahead, right? That's that's what art is, right? Mm -hmm. All 100%. sorts of different expressions and stuff. Um, I've I've used autotune a few times. Like I said, I do know the purpose too. Mm -hmm. um, that I think I've done one song where my whole voice is on autotune, mm -hmm. and. You know what? That's that's about like trying new things and sure. uh, you know being open to things mm -hmm. like that, right? Well, I, if you're not exploring, you're not really practicing art. Yeah, right? being stagnant. Yeah. No. Nah. Um, so now, you know, if if say a producer says, "Hey, it would really sound good here," or you know, mm -hmm. "Why don't you try to do this?" I'm all ears. Yeah. Really, but if it doesn't sound right to me. Or if it feels like that's not mm. me or my zone or my expression, then I ain't going for it. Mm. Yeah. So that's the auto-tune subject. Right on. Dude, we got to get auto-tune for the meditations because my voice is terrible. Great idea. <laughs> <laughs> my voice is awful. We got to do that. What you do? Uh, we have a bunch of stuff on YouTube and more meditations coming out all the time. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Guided, guided meditations. Nice. And my voice is terrible. Like, oh, man. Oh, I hope it's not really as bad as I think it is because, man, I think it's awful. So, yeah. <laughs> Can't be that bad. Here's hoping. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well. So, so about sobriety, man, because you started talking about when you first drank and stuff. Like, yeah. What's that journey been like? Because, I mean, obviously, entertainment industry, there's drinking, there's drugs, there's all kinds of stuff around. Does that play a role now? Or, like, did it keep you going for longer or uh what was that like for you i think i got things twisted because like after a while you know like people were like oh here comes belligerence or <laughs> did or you the, say belligerence <laughs> yeah <laughs> or, <laughs> like or, vinsanity dude yeah <laughs> or double fist and vincent <laughs> oh shit <laughs> but i I mean, like, I, I, I would perform and, like, I realized that I'm not on my A game. It's about me. You know, I'm here. Let's get wasted. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's not what they're not, they're not necessarily there to see that, man. They want to mm -hmm. they want to see you give it shit. Mm -hmm. They want to get their money's worth, whether or not I got paid. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. And, um. You know, somebody told me, it was like, uh, could you just imagine what you would be if you were just sober? Mm. I'm like, no, I just didn't see it. Yeah. Because that was the lifestyle. And, you know, um, yeah, being in the scene itself, it's like either you're, uh, what am I trying to say here? Yeah, it's easy to, you know, be caught in the crossfire of things because mm -hmm. everybody's drinking or using. And, I mean, some some people get away with it for a while, like myself. Yeah. But after a while, it's like, what am I doing this for? Not only am I wasting my money or my time, I'm wasting my energy, mm -hmm. right? I pour my heart and soul into this music to give it half ass, mm. right? Yeah. And 
now I'm realizing that like I feel like I've taken taken away from mm-hmm. my abilities and what I'm fully capable of. Um, so now, man, I did uh, Evil Ebenezer show in uh, I think it was the seventeenth a uh, couple months ago or mm-hmm. a month ago at Border Crossing and sober jam right on and people walked up to me um saying yo i've seen you rock a hundred shows this is by far the best one you've ever done Mm. like your delivery is always there and blah 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 but it was all about you bro Mm. now you're getting engaged with the people and you know um Sure, you got some fly shit, but that don't mean nothing if, like, the people don't feel involved mm-hmm. or feel your energy or, you know, um, a lot of, a lot of MCing has to do with the crowd participation. It it can't be just you rapping at your shoes, mm-hmm. right? Just trying to get through the song because you're fucked up. Yeah. Right, and you know, I think I well, I know now that I deserve it to myself and to the people who believed in me to give my best, mm-hmm. right? I can't keep making the same mistakes. I I have to elevate in one way or another. Right on. Yeah. Do you find that sobriety has been putting like, uh, getting your head into like different kinds of lyrics and beats and stuff like that since sobering up? Like, have you found that you've unlocked a new part of your music, musical talents or whatever? I think about being vulnerable mm. now, right? Um, my ego has been crushed, so to say, mm-hmm. right? The ego's always there, but like, you know. It's taken a beating for sure. Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah, but, and I... I think now I'm starting to learn how to express my life more mm-hmm. or be more open to to sharing my life experiences mm-hmm. instead of just saying some dope shit. Yeah. Um yeah, I think it's changed a lot. Um I just recently uh uh well I finished up a song called focus i went and did the video for it just in the process of mastering things and whatever but uh the sample is from johnny cash um from that see if i can feel Mm -hmm. from the nine inch nails song yeah and yeah just like focus on the pain and it's like a lot of people don't know that part of me right they don't mm. they don't know my struggles and my hardships and mm. things like that i used to mask it in my music yeah um try to looking on the bright side and mm. you know um you know rapping fast or whatever just like the showmanship um nowadays i'm i'm trying Bet like I, I practice, not trying, I practice on, you know, bringing up some of these stories mm-hmm. and sharing those with people because 
like like I was saying, it was all about me. Now it's like, what about the people that are listening? They need something that they can relate with now, mm -hmm. right? Like, yeah. So it's it's definitely changed my mindset of the direction that I want to go, mm -hmm. right? Because I already know that that side of me is already there. So if I can work on some else in different areas, then I can always bounce back and forth mm -hmm. and have more bring it together more on my utility belt yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Right on, man. Airspace. What's that? Airspace. Airspace. Dead air. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> it's a good thing we have an expert uh, editor over there. This is not a test. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. P.S. to anybody who's listening, I smell as good as I sound. <laughs> Do you have me. anything else you want to talk about? Um, he doesn't smell bad, by the way. Huh? Not bad. Hey? Don't, you don't smell bad, that's for sure. <laughs> Confirmed. <laughs> Confirmed. There's not a bad smell in here. Um, I guess uh, where I'm at now, where I'm going, I guess. Um, you know, I, I try my best to stay busy. I stay in a routine now. Um, I feel like I have more purpose now. Um, you know... Uh, the other month I did service, you know, I chaired a meeting once every week for the month and, you know, again, stepping out of my comfort zone, trying to get back into the community and, mm -hmm. you know, giving back is kind of where, where my head's at now. Speaking of giving back, those tickets are going for 35, just holler. Um, <laughs> uh, How can people get tickets? Um, my plugs, I guess, would be for IG, would be T-H-E underscore V-I-N-Z, one, the number one, so the underscore Vins one, that's my IG, um, or Facebook, uh, Vins Wolvie, V-I-N-Z, and then Wolvie. W O L V I E. Um, you can either email me, DM me. Um, I don't think I want to throw my phone number on here. <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> um, I don't think it's necessary. But yeah, they definitely, definitely the DMs. Um, that works out. Um, yeah. Because we'll attach the we'll attach your. Instagram shit to the post. So, okay, excellent. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. Again, I will, anyway. Again, September 9th, uh, the rec room. It's an arcade, so, like, I've been trying to re... Well, I have been. September 9th, what time? Time? I don't know. Just try to show up for 9. Yeah, sh show up show at up for nine. 7 and get some food and then chill. Right. Yeah, go there, enjoy your time, and then enjoy the show. You know, mm. um, I'm going to throw on some VR, some virtual realities, and, you know, get some racing in. Hopefully they got Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat over there, you know, you know, win some bets or something. That would be cool. <laughs> but, no, just 
just to have fun at the arcade, um, I've been reaching out to people in program because the last location at Border Crossing, a lot of people, they bought tickets to come to my show and I was like hearing crickets because <laughs> uh, like maybe five of those people showed. Mm. But I do understand why, you know, it, you know, well, it's the hood, right? There's triggers everywhere. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I believe, you know, this is a better area, you know, to, uh, to enjoy yourself. Well, it's you more know? modern as well, right? Right. So, yeah. yeah. There's flashy things. <laughs> shiny objects. Shiny objects. And yeah, good And people. I can assure you there'll be bouncy things there too. There better be bouncy things. There will be bouncy things. There will be bounce. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Hopefully in the front row. Probably <laughs> in the front row. <laughs> um, right on, dude. Well, thanks for coming by and telling us your shit. Sweet. Um, when do I get a copy? Uh, I will send you uh, the link as soon as we get them done. Okay. comes out on Wednesday, so that's when I'll send it to you. Oh, sweet. Yeah. And uh, again, that is September 9th at the Rec Room. I'm opening up for Snack the Ripper. Shout out to the whole Stomp Down Killers, the whole team. Um, I'd also like to give a quick shout out to anybody that's, you know, been on the supportive side of my journey. Um, you know, you know who you are. If you don't, you will. <laughs> um, yeah, Roger that 10-4, Vince. One. <laughs> right on. Thanks, Vince.